the year. Universal Sentry 0092. Neo Zeon remnants on the surface of Earth were in shambles following the events of the first Neo Zeon War. The new leader of Zeon comes to the floor and prepares for a final conflict with the souls weighed down by gravity. This manga is by Kazuhisa Kondo and was made in 1988 and features Zeon forces trying to flee the Earth before the events of Universal Century 0093. This podcast features events between Double Zeta Gundam and Shars Counterattack which will have spoilers. If you have not seen these shows yet, then please be warned. Now on to the show. Chapter 2 Withdrawal The operation to destroy the supply base in Scandinavia was successful. The crews were dispersed to various docks to refuel. One cruiser was a G-Class battleship known as the Nisenau, docked at the Belfast base as well. It deployed its landing gear and touched down. Various ground crew and personnel began to respite the ship. A PA announcement ordered personnel to prepare the Zetas for ground operations. Tactical Airborne Squads 26 and 28 were ordered to briefing room 4. Someone asked that the maintenance of the double Zeta was finished, and to get the Braguzzi's or refined Gundam Zeta back weapon system or BWS loaded too. An officer approached the lieutenant, perhaps a famous redhead new type. There you are, lieutenant. Captain Bright is looking for you. I'll head over right away. A large Adumla-class transport taxi to a runway. The pilot of the Brabazon requested permission to take off. The pilot was cleared, and the massive transport took off and flew into the sky. Meanwhile, there was a massive mobile suit flanked by several camouflaged young units. Two officers marveled at the size of it. One laughed and said, We just got it. We don't want to break it right away and have to send it back. <laughs> the other officer said, It's got five times the firepower of a normal suit. This thing's a monster. One of the officers indicated that they had two function goblin drops, one Dom Plus, and one VO. The officer said they were fortunate to have this young officer as part of their group. He was even impressed that Lieutenant Brown was able to get the massive Patmosuroko-designed mobile suit known as the O. Lieutenant Brown asked for a Cipra. The other officer asked for Brown to follow him. They went to a map room and looked at their position. The officer informed Brown that they lost 20 kilometers of territory to the enemy three days ago. They were able to maintain their line by diverting the 6th Army to reinforce. P.S. This is a spoiler for the end of Double Zeta, so if you've not watched it, please do not listen at this point. But we're having difficulty maintaining the status. As it stands, after the commander's death at Side 3, supplies stopped, and the enemy has been slowly building up their forces. I see. That's what happened when there's no high command, Brown said. But it seems that a new leader appeared recently, 
P.S. Big spoiler. So the rumor about the rebirth of the Red Comet is true? Seems so. Brown answered. He continued. I heard the higher-ups have something big planned and are pulling out, of, out from the Earth. So we have to divert the Fetty's attention to ourselves. That's why I came here. We're going to hold the enemy here as long as we can, as Lieutenant Brown tapped in a particular part of the map. Afterwards, we're also going to fall back and need you to hang off for a little bit more Ensign Brick. The young junior officer snapped to attention and saluted. Yes, sir. We'll do our best. Meanwhile, a squadron of Zeta 2s were launched from the belly of the massive air transport. One pilot in the lead was in a Zeta, actually double Zeta gun and transport into wave rider mode and got onto the radio. Leave the enemy advanced troops to the ground forces. We're going to fly around and attack from the rear, taking them into pincer attack. The squadron leader double Zeta took point of the formation. Explosions were everywhere, surrounding the Xeon ground units. On the lead Xeon's suit tactical display, he caught a visual of the incoming Federation suits. Large number of enemy mobile suits closing in. I count 8 GM types, 12 Mark II types, and 10 others. The commanding officer ordered while targeting a gun to Mark II. Alright, start with the command unit in the second column. Fire! The energy beam rifle held by the Xeon mobile suit opened fire and a billion beam of energy was directed and destroyed the Mark II. The head and torso exploded as the mighty mobile suit started to fall backward. Two GM suits flanked the downed Mark II and fired back desperately. The lead Xeon suit ordered the second and third teams to cover the left flank while the others were to follow him and draw them out. The founders of Xeon suits proceeded towards the enemy, firing as they moved out. Explosions could be seen everywhere in the distance. A Goblin and Marasai mobile suit opened fire and destroyed another Mark II with their rifles. Suddenly, both Xeon suits were fired upon by a previously unseen force. Both units were destroyed as their heads exploded. Refined Gundam Zetas or Regazis were spotted flying through the air with the aid of the back weapon system and disengaged, dropping to the ground. At first, they were able to decimate the Xeon group. Suddenly, several Regazis were in, in turn cut down. Smoke appeared from a front-facing cannon mounted on the front of the Yao. Remaining Federation air units that were in the area buzzed their head overhead like gnats. All of a sudden, multiple rockets burst forth from the rear of the Theo and launched upwards. Several Ragazzi back, back weapon systems were destroyed by this deadly fire. The pal of the Yo, Lieutenant Brown, ordered his comrades not let them advance any further. Several Dowagers and Zaku tanks flanked the O as they opened fire on the Federation ground forces, while air units plummeted to the ground. The fighting had only intensified. Meanwhile, the reserve group of Federation Zetas led by the Double Zeta flew in tight formation. A group of unsuspecting ground Xeon units were standing by guarding a mobile depot. On the heads-up display of one of the air units, the group of enemy Xeon suits were targeted. Target acquired. Commence bombing run. One of the wing-mounted air-to-surface missiles were launched. Azaku was bracketed by explosions all around. The pilot got on the radio and yelled, Enemy attack! Fast-moving Zetas buzzed around and exchanged fire at the ground forces. Explosions were everywhere. 
a pair of Zetas transformed into mobile suit mode from Wave Rider mode and prepared to open fire. Several Marasais and Hyzax opened fire and destroyed the two. One pilot said, We're not letting through that easily. At that moment, the Hyzax's midsection was cleaved in the two by a giant energy beam. Suddenly, an enormous silhouette of a mobile suit with V-fins appeared in front of the Vizion suit. Its beam rifles trained on the Zeon suit. The head of the suit disintegrated. An operator on board the Zeon transport got on the communicator. This is supply point S1. We're taking fire. Requesting assistance. The ground transport was then destroyed. The commander of the enormous double Zeta with his energy beam rifle held at the ready ordered the Zeta units to don't falter and to charge. Lieutenant Brown was angered by these developments. What? Enemies to our rear? Yes, sir. We've lost contact with Supply Point S1. At this rate, we'll be cut off. Zymer, I'm counting on you for this one, sir. The O's pilot ordered a Hyzak and Dowage piloted by Bulkhorn and Hoover to follow him. They're going to reinforce the rear. A massive air transport looking like a Xiong Gao was flying through the air. So for this episode, I'll talk about some characters you may have heard of, and one you may not be as familiar with, but as a recurring character in Kondo-san's work. The first is naturally Captain Bright Noah of White Base in Argama. Although he was not seen in this chapter, he was definitely referenced in the beginning. He was mentioned by an officer who asked a certain lieutenant that Bright was looking for him. Only time will tell if we'll see if Captain Bright will be later seen in this manga. The second, of course, is another possible familiar face. Although not identified by name, and Kondo's artwork does take certain liberties, it does appear that Lieutenant that he's referring to, that Bright was looking for, was in fact the infamous Amuro Ray. Like with Captain Bright, only time will tell if we see if Lieutenant Ray makes another appearance. Lastly, on the Xeon side, Lieutenant Brown was introduced. Lieutenant Frederick Brown is a recurring character that has been seen in other works of Kondo-san. He started as a young soldier during the One Year War. During that, he became a sergeant that was attached to Kassiliazabi's command. He even faced against the infamous White Devil, RX-78-2, and lived to tell the tale, although his teammates did not. This was described in the manga Mobile Suit Gundam, Record of Mobile Suit Wars. He was also at the Battle of Abawaku, in Agelgug. He would make his reappearance 13 years later and would be the pilot of the O2 seen in this chapter. So unlike in the previous season, I'm not really going to get into um, technical breakdowns of the mobile suits because most are rehashes of older designs from other shows or will be later featured in things like Char's Counterattack. Um, the manga does not go into as much technical detail as in Gundam Sentinel, so I figure I'll just skip that for now. The next thing we'll talk about is the history of the Nisenau. The Federation cruiser that landed for refueling and rearming fought on the battle feature in Chapter 1 was known as the Nisenau. I was curious about this name and decided to do an online search. 
it became apparent that there was, in fact, a historical reference. The ship was named after August Niedhart von Niesenau. He was born on October 27, 1760, and died on August 23, 1831. He was a Prussian field marshal. He was very much involved in the Napoleonic Wars. He was even involved in the infamous Battle of Waterloo. He was ultimately involved in the pursuit of Napoleon's carriage and led to his chapter, or rather, capture. He ultimately passed away in August of 1831 due to cholera. He had left quite the legacy. A statue of his was erected in Berlin in 1855. A painting of him was made by Mary von Bruhl. Finally, the more interesting aspect of his legacy was several German naval ships were named after him, including a cruiser used in World War I. The battleship Niesenau was a German capital or battleship made in Nazi Germany. It was a heavily armed ship that was involved in various operations in the Atlantic Ocean involving or including the sinking of British cruisers and also the German invasion of Nor- Norway in World War II. It was commissioned on May 21, 1938 and decommissioned on July 1, 1942. So why do I mention this? I do find an interesting theme. This is not the second time that the Federation seemed, at least to me, to model after an evil faction. In Chapter 1, the Federation approached the Zeon base like Imperial forces and Empire Strikes Back. The Zeon base that I made jokes about was located in the Scandinavian Peninsula and looked like the shield generator for the rebel forces. The Apursa power plant destroyed it along with the Zeon base just like in Empire Strikes Back. I just find it interesting and maybe just a, maybe a coincidence or maybe not that the cruiser that lands after the previous battle shared the name of a cruiser that was involved in the German invasion of Norway, which also happens to be on the Scandinavian Peninsula. Remember, the first episode of this season, I did mention that Kondosan said in an interview he seemed to identify with the underdog Zeon forces. Hmm. As always, references will be included in the show notes. Chapter 3 Escape The Neo Zeon forces are on the run and on the verge of destruction. A desperate Lieutenant Brown devised an equally desperate plan to escape the Federation's advances, and there is still sex as in the Universal Century timeline. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast, and tell your Gundam loving Otaku friends to check it out. Until next time.